That's a groovy button. What does it say? Okay, Alan, you ready? This is Silver Bells, take one. Silver Bells, Silver Bells, it's Christmas time in the city. What do you think? think? All right, I think we got it. I think it's good. Yeah. Are you sure about that? Uh, You know what? Just like, uh, you know, like they put the the tracks and the sweetening behind Davey on this new Christmas LP. I'll I'll sweeten it all in editing. You sound just like Bing Crosby. I guarantee it. Are you sure? Now, can I trust you on that, Al? It's going to be great. You're going to sound, you know, with the editing and the the, the vocal transmitter and all that stuff. You're going to sound great. Okay, well, if you say so, pal of mine. Hey, uh, I got an idea. While we got the microphones on, why don't we do our two-year anniversary episode? Hey, that's not a bad idea. And you know what else we can do? We can talk about this brand new Monkey's Christmas Party CD just in time for the holidays. What would Al and Alan do? That's kind of catchy. I like that. And with that very lame attempt to pay homage to uh, the Manchester Cowboy, we are live and in public with episode 21 of the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys podcast. My name is Alan Melikaliki Maka Williams. And this is Al Silver Bells, Bigly. <laughs> now, wait a minute, we're not public. We're actually recording this time back at the home base. Last time we were public. Shh, they're not supposed to know that. Right, they're not supposed to know why we can't record publicly anymore. Yeah, the last it, time. it took me 48 hours to get out of there. <laughs> the oh, slammer it is. My goodness. Well, just some broken furniture and some, you know, unpaid uh Waitresses tabs, that yeah. claimed abuse and this, that, and the other. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, there's a gag order. We can't talk about that. That is true. How are you, pal of mine? I'm good. Are you ready for the holiday season? Yes, I am. Very good. I have done all my shopping, took care of it. I ventured out on Black Friday and Cyber Saturday or whatever oh the hell it God, is. God, I can't believe it. Well, yeah. You're like Hercules or something. You got to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? That's true. That's true. So how was your Thanksgiving? Very good. Ate too many foods I shouldn't have eaten, but you know. Yeah. You make up for it the next day with the uh, the rye bread and the uh, Rice Krispies. Absolutely, and the rice cakes. So. Oh, that's true, too. It is a very good episode. This is actually, really is, by the time this is broadcast, we will have, um, or made available, we will have celebrated our two-year anniversary doing this. Can you believe it? Oh, my God. It's just, it just makes me tired thinking about it. <laughs> I know, but, you know, it's been a lot of fun. We've had some great times. We've interviewed some great people. Yes. And we have another one on tap for today, don't we? Right, a special guest that has a uh, monkey's connection and a connection to this great new CD we're going to be talking about. Ta-da! Christmas party, yes indeed. Right. Shall we get into talking about it or shall we Absolutely. wait? Absolutely. No, the way we wait, if we get around to it, it'll be, they'll be ready to celebrate St. Patty's Day by the time we're reviewing Christmas party, don't you know? St. Patty's Day 2023. That's right. So... I'll let you take the first salvo. What do you think off the, uh, right off the top of your head initially? Well, I was prepared not to like this because I wasn't that crazy initially um, for Good Times. Now, mm-hmm. Good Times is a great CD. It grew on me. Mm-hmm. And I started listening to this new Christmas CD about two weeks ago, and it put me in the Christmas spirit, which means a lot because it's hard for me to sometimes get in the Christmas spirit, especially that early. Yeah, I have to, I have to wrap you on the knuckles every time I hear the word bah humbug come yes. out of your mouth. I'm a veritable Scrooge. Scrooge like McDuck. I'm sorry. I like it a great deal. I like the Mike Allred uh, cover. It's very playful. It's it's. I, I agree. I mean, it's really nice. And Mike Allred, as you all know, is a huge Monkees fan, uh, dating back to the Archie's Monkees cover that he did, which is the only decent one to get. Right. Now, 
the past few episodes, we sadly had to do a uh, a remembrance of recently deceased comic book luminaries. Mm-hmm. Luminaries, he said. Um, and sadly, I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Since we've recorded the last one, a very big comic book superstar has passed away. Stan Lee, of course. Excelsior, my friend. And we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about him, because if you don't know who Stan Lee is, then it's we, fine. we can't explain it. But That's right. So goodbye, Stan. But anyway, back to the CD. Um, you got to admit, it's a very mixed bag. If you like rock, if you like pop, if you like traditional Christmas carols, if you like blues, it's all on here for If you, you. like auto-tune. It's all on here. You got to give them that. Bad Alan, bad Alan. Nothing wrong with auto-tune. Uh, well, yeah, Britney Spears made a ton of money on oh, it. <laughs> boy, did she. All right, so shall we start at the beginning of the of the track list? And, and well, well, hold on. What did you think overall of the uh, the collection? I thought it was, for the amount of time that they had to put into it, I thought it came out pretty good. There is only one that gives me pause. but for a pause? Spe- no. But for a specific reason, which we'll get into once we get to the song. Gotcha. But overall, you know... I'm jamming on it. I mean, I downloaded it on Spotify the minute I found it. So, and now I went the cowardly way. I just saw all the, all the hubbub with people trying to find it at their local Target store. So I just went to Target.com and said, you know, ship it to me by Friday, and I'm done. Now, something you and I were guilty of. We thought maybe because of the way these first tracks sounded when they dropped, that this was leftover stuff from Good Times. That they recorded it at the same time that they would with the Christmas album in mind, but. Oh boy, was I wrong! <laughs> Some of this stuff was recorded just a few few months ago, and it was actually recorded before. Uh, wait a minute, I got to take a look. Uh, uh, right, talk amongst yourselves here. No, I was actually holy, holy potatoes! Yes. It was recorded not too long after the the major incident that happened in June. And what was that major incident? Oh, when I lost the the wisdom teeth. <laughs> Heart attack. You're giving me a heart attack. Ah, yes. Well, not necessarily a heart attack, but the surgery did happen. But uh, yeah, these were recorded at the end of August. Two of these were recorded at the end of August. So. Right. But we'll get into that in just a few minutes. All right. Want to take it track by track? Track by track, baby. Track one was is the now infamous Unwrap You at Christmas. Well, I don't know if I'd call it infamous, but <laughs> I can understand why they put it out as a single. And for those of you that know anything about pop music, if I say the phrase Phil Spector Wall of Sound... Or even the beginning of Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. It's got the same beat. It's got the same rhythm to it. And that was the one thing that grabbed me from the start. Now, let me say this. Mickey does a tremendous job on all the vocals. And it's it's a very good Mickey Dolan solo record with guest stars. Right. I remember you saying that in the beginning, and i got to agree. It's Mickey Mickey owns this mm-hmm. CD. Yeah. But you know the you know, ba bum ba bum ba bum ba. I can't wait to unwrap you. It's it's a Phil Spector like song, and I have the feeling that Adam was pushing, was trying to do that, because you've got you know, there's always a lot of Phil Spector, Ronettes, Darlene Love, Ronnie Spector that come that is played at Christmas time. You can imagine the Ronettes doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, definitely. I like it a lot. It's upbeat. It's poppy. It's it's a little risque. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like it. You know. I get the feeling that the term risque kind of slides in and out of a couple of these Mickey songs. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yes. Which brings us to track number two. What would Santa do? I like this because it's kind of a real schizophrenic song. With It is. The refrain is very feed the world and upbeat, mm-hmm. but 
the lyrics are, are very dark. Oh yeah. And um, and, and speaking of risque again, I didn't realize until uh, I guess I didn't hear this when I first uh, mm-hmm. listened to the song, but that. Uh, Looking at the second verse, yeah, I see what you mean. Oh yes, that's <laughs> yeah. Come home, see a pair of boots that don't fit my feet. Hear a ho 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 from my room, and I know, know what, what that, that means. Etc. Yep. Etc. Et and it's like that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty cool. Pretty tw- pretty good twist. Absolutely, uh, but it's a great song. You know, Rivers Cuomo, who wrote "She Makes Me Laugh." It it, it just it's another homage to the monkeys, but it allows a little bit more grittier, I guess you'd say. And I think of all the tracks on here, this one I think could be a hit single. Mm-hmm. Well, because it sounds so commercial in I, that refrain. I do, but there's one other one that I think could be. Uh, I think we're going to be on the stuff. same page with that. Then we come to. I, I'm going to let you pronounce this. Melakaliki Maka. God bless you. Thank you. Davy's uh, version of the famed Hawaiian Christmas tune uh, that I've heard everybody do, uh, even Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett's done this actually. But compared to Jimmy Buffett, I like Davy's version of this. It's very straightforward. It, it's Davy at his best, I think. I think so too. It's fun. I like that little uh, very lighthearted repeat chorus that on, mm-hmm. in my car it's on like the right side mm-hmm. of the uh, stereo separation. I like that. Now I was trying to look this up. And now, now we've all heard this before on Davy's solo release, uh, Christmas Jones, which was released in 2005. Davy was very good about releasing his own material. And, sure. But what I looked up, I'm a little confused. I know this is older material. Some sources on the internet say this was recorded with Chip Douglas in 1976. Others say a little bit later in the early 80s, of course, Davey released it on his own mm-hmm. Christmas album, Christmas Jones, which is where most of us have heard it since. So I'm not sure. I, I, Chip Douglas was involved. Yeah. Um, great production. Now, my son thinks of this because Spongebob used to sing this, and anytime he hears steel guitar, even in songs like The Kind of Girl I Could Love, mm-hmm. my son thinks Spongebob, because that Hawaiian steel guitar music, which is weird. I hear steel guitar, and I think of early country music. I hear steel guitar. Anytime I hear steel guitar anymore, I think of Pete and Red. That's yeah. uh, the first thing that pops in my head. Mm-hmm. Now, looking at the liner notes, it says, Davy Jones' vocal produced by Chip Douglas recorded in 1991. See, that's what I've read, too, either 76 or 91. I don't see that. That would lead me to believe that the, if that's the case, then this was recorded at the same time as Christmas is my time of year. Yeah, I think that's what might be confusing these internet mm-hmm. sources. Yeah, because this also says recorded at Chip Douglas's home in Hawaii mm-hmm. in '76. So that's if any of you out there can clear this up, which which date was it? Chip, come on the group yes. page and tell us. We have a mystery only you can solve, but a fun song, and I'm glad it's here. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting that such a fun pure pop song is used to break up. These kind of other dark songs, especially uh, the, the very next, next the next song, House of Broken Gingerbread. Which I think is the song. Of, oh, really? Yeah, I do. Um, well, song one, and then there's one that's 1A. Okay. But this, to me, if... What about 7A? What number is this, Chip? 7A! All right, okay, don't get excited, because I'm short enough. Just because it's Christmas, I know. That's right. But here's the thing. Until I had seen the uh, liner notes on this... If you had put a gun to my head and tried to get me to pick which song was written by uh, Peter Buck of R.E.M., mm-hmm. this is the one I would have picked. I would have chosen because one of the things that I've always told you about is Peter has what I called, uh, what I like to refer to as Michael Stipe syndrome. A lot of the stuff that he's written is in a minor key. This is in a minor key, so that was the first thing that popped out of my head. You know, it suffers from the, the R.E.M. complex, but this 
to me is the equivalent of hipster yeah on good mm-hmm. times this is a you know you look at the lyrics i love this you know he talks about blue leds and peppermint bark which still just kind of makes my stomach turn but i like it so that's two, like me and candy corn and halloween mm-hmm. two decks of uno and two sets of clue i love it you know and and, and the and the chorus line in the house of broken gingerbread you know it really i like hits. it really does and i like this song a lot i think this is my is originally uh, unwrap you for christmas unwrap you at christmas was my was my favorite until i heard this one so i really sat down and listened to it well i like this song because again it's schizophrenic like the other one meaning you know you reach that certain age and you still have that sense of christmas wonder but you're sitting there and the house smells like apple pie and nutmeg and all that stuff and everything was great but there's old granny jones in the corner smoking and there's that juxtapositioning of great wonderful once a year magic with the ordinary and granny goes you know the you know the monkeys never played their own instruments that's not real music like benny goodman now that's music kids right give me duke ellington any day this this monkey's crap is just monkey's crap all right which one of you got me the christmas pack of marlboros i love it i'll be smoking these forever Don't believe it when they say these will kill you. you. You go outside, you get hit by a car. What are you going to do? All right. But you know that juxtapositioning of, yes, mm-hmm. we got a snow outside, but it's three days old and it's you know sloggy and messy and dirty. It's weak old fruitcake. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I like about this song. It's like, at the same time, it's upbeat, but it's also, we got Christmas, but we got you know LED lights. And Everything is not hunky-dory. It's not perfection. It's not the way Christmas used to be. Right, it's got that that mix of everything's magic, but it's also tacky a little mm-hmm. bit, and I like that um, mix. Yep. Plus, it it, it kind of rocks, and that you know that refrain really hits hard. It does. It's a it's a very thumper. They used to call that a chunky thumper. That's what they called me in high school. I was a little overweight. You want, we're not going to talk about it. Remember, the, you and I had an agreement, and, and, you, and you and you went around tapping your foot like thumper on Bambi. <laughs> More like uh, Gorgon of the Gorgon humans. of the Inhumans. Yes. Thank you so very much. I had to bring it back to comics. That's right, absolutely. Next, we have the controversial Christmas song. Controversial in what way? Well, it's hard to listen to Mike sing something, and I, I enjoy it, but it's like you, you're looking for the irony. You're looking for the, the, the phrase that has that twist. Mm-hmm. You're looking for wordplay. So just to hear, remember on Elephant Parks, Mike would sometimes play that character where he'd do something straight, and that was part of the humor. It's something absurd, but he's playing it straight. Yeah. Which was the humor of the Batman 60 show. Mm-hmm. Let's take these absurd situations and play them with Dead perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what makes it funny. Mm-hmm. So it's a great vocal performance. It's a nice little cut, but it's like, this has to be ironic, right? And of course, you know what this reminds me of? Back in the day, if you look at the old 60s magazines, fans wrote in when Pisces Aquarius, Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones came out. Because they were confused about who's singing Don't Call On Me. Mm-hmm. We know it's Mike, but he was using that different technique and he was standing real close to the microphone. In the bathroom. Right. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of that because it's, again, it's mm-hmm. Mike singing a very smooth, almost, you know, um, what, what do you call he was those? crooning. There's torch ballads almost. Yeah. It sounds like that. He was almost, he was channeling his internet King Cole, so to speak. But, you know, it's the one I skip when I listen to it. But. I actually like it, but because of the fact that it's got the FNB backing him up pretty much. That's true, too. You know, and, and, it's and, got Pete, yeah. Searcy, Christian, uh, you know, Jonathan arranged it. Yep. So, you know, it's a Nes- there. It's one of the two Nes- Nesmith family productions on it. It's so. a family production. That'd be and a it, good and it's a good, I've heard this song butchered. I oh, really have. True. This song is butchered. True. Nes plays it pretty straight. 
and it's actually not bad at all. I, 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 I don't skip it. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just you're waiting for the extra that Mike always brings to these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, don't wait for me. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Very good. Right. Now we come to my favorite on here. Mm-hmm. I don't know who this guy is, but he's here all the time, and he does this and he does that. Yeah. I like how they included that bit. Christmas party. This thing kicks you know what. It kicks big red Santa keister. Al. Yes. You can say the word ass. Well, I did. And this is the one that was written by Peter Buck of yes. R.E.M. Love this one. And it, this is, I love it. it it's, it, it, it rocks. It, it, it really does. I love, you know, I love Mickey's vocal on this. It's, it's powerful. Would you say this collection represents some of Mickey's best work? I would, I would say yes. Uh, this is, he should have done a Christmas album a long time ago. Yeah, but he, this, the vocals and the selections and the songs are so varied. It allows you to hear different aspects of his voice. And, and, and he's been that way all year because if you remember, digressing for a second, back to the July 2nd when he did the National Anthem at the Phillies game right. that Jody and, and a bunch of people were there at, if you listen to his singing, that's the Broadway Mickey that you right. hear because you hear the vibrato, you hear the the psalm enchanted right. She told me that she loved me. me. Yeah. You hear the Broadway in, but, you know. Well, back in the day, he was trying to outdo Davy's Ethel Merman. <laughs> There's no. a girl I know makes me feel so good. Dance with me. No. Won't you dance with me? We're covering all the old crooners in this episode. We're getting suck- suck- I'm having those moments at the end. The colors, man. I forgot to take my meds. I was today. about to say, at lunchtime, you didn't take your... You have your little pillbox Monday, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday. I swear. But, yeah, it's, it's a very good song. It's a rocker. It's not... The best rocker, though. Really? Yeah. Hmm. We're coming to that. Well, show. I really like it. Um, this is the one I, I just... It's a very favorite. great song. I mean, you know, so far we're doing really good. All the songs in here are, are yeah. good, are non-skippers. Yes. All right. Not you like introduce the next song. <laughs> did you catch that? It's the reason for the season, they tell me. No, no. Did you catch that? Rock a wah No, you were saying, anyway, not like Rico. <laughs> Rico. Yes, I gotta stir the pot, man. You know, I, I gotta be the antagonist every now and then. All right, so the interesting uh, thing about this, easy, 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 guy, uh, easy, David, easy, easy, uh, David, easy, David. Uh, this one, um, it's okay. It's Jesus Christ. It, I've got to listen to it a little bit more to get a better feel of it. But the most interesting thing that I saw on this is that it was written by Alex Chilton of the Box Tops. The Box Tops had a couple of big hits in the late 60s, 68, 69 time frame. Uh, the Letter and Cry Like a Baby, uh, River Deep, Mountain High. Who did Tracy? That was the Classics 4. And that was voiced by... Yost. That was Dennis Yost. Not, why am I thinking of Ron Dante? Uh, that was... Because he did some... Oh, yeah, no, stories. you're right. You're, yeah. He did Tracy, the Cufflinks. The Cufflinks, that's but what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of uh, Dennis Yost and the Classics 4, Stormy, Spooky. That oh, okay, now I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. But Alex Chilton was... When I think about the good love you gave me... Cry like a baby. Had that guitar. Yes. Well, it's probably the most overt religious song the monkeys have ever done. I know Rio Chu is. um, It is. You know, it's it's not in, of course, uh, our language, but Mm -hmm. uh, it's not in English, I should say. Mm -hmm. Um, And some other songs have referred in a very uh, roundabout way to religious Mm -hmm. themes. But um, I like it very much. It's very respectful. It's very well produced. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and it's a traditional vocal by Mickey. It's not anything. Right. There's there's not anything out of the ordinary about it. All right, track eight. I wish it could be Christmas every day. I have a serious question. Who yes. is Roy Wood? I, I don't know. <laughs> well, but this is you know, this is the kind of song. This is a kids type song. You know, for me, it's a it yeah. makes you want to be a kid. If you're you know if you're a kid or you're in your teens before you get that awkward stage where you you don't you go goth and don't care. Right. <laughs> you go Winona Ryder in, in Beetlejuice, you know. And what makes that stage so awkward is you, back in our day you reached in and it's like, well, what do we get him for Christmas now? He's too old for toys. He's too young for cars. He's too old for the monkeys. He's too young for the Beatles. And back then it was no video games. Mm-hmm. No, for me it was Socks, art supplies. Underwear. Right. There you go. That's it. Or art supplies in my case. Yeah. And books. But yeah, another good rocking tune. Yeah. Mickey. Yeah. Mickey just shines in this. This is... Mm. Yeah, this is almost like the Mickey Mickey Dolan's uh, David Foster solo CD we should have gotten. But that's exactly. another story for another time. Exactly. Next song? Yeah. Uh, that one I tried to say. <laughs> yeah, that one you're going to fix in the opening? Yeah. Oh, don't worry about it. I've yeah. got you know, auto-tune ready. I've got everything. You know, because I, I, I sounded like Andy Devine on oh, a bed. You know wait what, for me, Wild Bill. Wait for me. Don't it's, wait for me. But no, it's a, it's a very good rendition of Silver Bells. You and know, of course, this comes from previous uh, of course. releases by Davey, correct? Yeah, you're talking about, again, it's the same, supposedly session. recorded the same session as, as Melikaliki Maka, but there's not much you can really do with that. You know, you, you can't jazz it up, you can't really pentatonics it or anything like that. It's just a straightforward song, and, you know, Davey shines on it. I like it. I like it, too. It's a good, good Davey cut. Now we come to the one I have the feeling you and I are going to go separate on because, number one, you hate the song. I hate the original. Wonderful Christmas time. I was in coming home for my first Christmas from college, and that's when the Paul McCartney song came out. And I'm thinking, did he record this in five minutes on a Casio? (laughs) You are Paul freaking McCartney. Is that Paul? Oof. Well, now, okay. Now, Now, hold on. I like Mickey's version. It's a great verse. I love it. I it's, don't know really. I can't put my finger on exactly what, how he's improved it. Now it has more production. It just seems more of a full but song. But it's more laid back. It's not so electronically. Right. You know, the boom. Bing. I, like, I like how they substitute the acoustic guitar in that. Right. Now, I will be honest with you. I love Paul McCartney's version of The Wonderful Christmas Time. I will sing it along. It's a, it's a, great, it's a great little ditty. But Mickey does a strip down. And this continues his... Um, his tradition of doing Beatles songs, you know, he's done Beautiful Boy, he's done Blackbird, he's done um, Good Morning, I think. I think so. And now this. And, and I, it's a very good remake. It's it's actually almost better, I think it's better than the original. But I think so it, too. The, I think the acoustic guitar, and it's not so overblown electronically, and I think that's what makes it good to me. My distaste for Paul McCartney's original reaches to my son every year we have a tradition I'm in a store just heard wonderful Christmas time or the first time we hear it in the season or just heard a commercial with your favorite song I'm like Mm -hmm. no please no so we tease each other about it but I do like this version and um Mm -hmm. you you know and you know the song is going to become a uh, standard as the years go by it's already sort of a standard absolutely all right so now we come to the uh first national band contribution now if you if this does not conjure up images of red 
John London, John Ware, and Nez in the early 70s. You know, even even just him and Nez, which we'll get to in a little bit, uh, even just Red and Nez from the... Um, mm-hmm. I wrote it sounds I, a lot like their Tumbling Tumbleweed. Absolutely, because it's got that, and it's got that, and all, Pete does a phenomenal job as always. Let me tell you something. I have grown to really admire Pete Finney since January. Mm-hmm. He is just that damn good on the on the Hawaiian pedal steel guitar. But this is, you know, Christian, either Christian arrangement or Jonathan. Or, oh, it did. This is Jonathan. I'm sorry, Christian arranged Christmas song. Jonathan arranged this one, and it pays perfect homage to that tumbling tumbleweeds. You know, first national, second national band bridge right there. Yes, and, it, and it's very pretty. I mean, it's very soothing. I like listening to it. It makes me, it gives me a warm fuzzy. I can't add anything to that. I like it. It's it's very uh, much like tumbling tumbleweeds, and mm-hmm. there's kind of rambling songs like that. And there's nothing wrong with a rambling song. And I'm rambling, a gentle rambling, rambling, rambling song. Rambling guy. Um, now like we it. come Ooh, to the yes. controversial one. Peter's version of Angels We Have Heard on High. And the interesting thing about this is, and I need to get with him and get his get him on here to get his take on this. This was produced by his two-man band buddy, James Lee Stanley. Correct. The whole thing. But it doesn't say when it was recorded. And that brings, that brings the questions in. That brings the concerns in for me. Well, the first time I, I played this through, I kind of skipped this after the first verse because it made me a little sad. Mm-hmm. Just thinking about Peter... What he's been through, what we've heard recently, yeah. And again, we have we don't know anything more than anyone else. Nope, we're just we're this is pure speculation on our part. Obviously, it's a fairly recent song based mm-hmm. on the way Peter sounds. Mm-hmm. I really, I finally played the full song the other day, and I really like how it picks up. It does. It picks the second, second verse. The banjo kicks. It just mm-hmm. really starts to kick. I don't mind the auto tune because I, I think no. Peter's almost using that as another instrument. In I don't really notice it that much, to be perfectly right. honest. But I'm not, you know, you know, I'm not a musical producer, or I'm not somebody that that I don't listen to a lot of songs anyway where auto tune would be in use. You know, like current pop or current hip hop or whatever. But well, my son does, and and mm-hmm. well, think of the share song. Do you believe, believe in life after love? Where she almost uses that, even can't break through. Right, every little mm-hmm. vocal. You know, vocal uh, intonation gets yeah. gets gets worked over. Mm-hmm. Peter's not doing that here. No. And let's be honest: if anyone has spent any moment in any church anywhere, mm-hmm. even if you've just gone for Christmas services, you have sung this song. Mm-hmm. This is a hard song to sing. It is. It's a lot of s's. But so give Peter credit, and I will not dismiss his use of auto tune because no. I've sung this song before. Mm-hmm. It is tough. No, whatever helps him. But what concerns me? What concerns me is. Listening to now, I, I will be honest. If anybody has heard the Lead Belly tribute, the the SSB Lead Belly tribute yet, please drop us a, a note on the group page because I'd like to somebody that's heard that CD compare his singing to the singing on Angels We Have Heard on High because what it sounds to me like is he's having a harder time. You know, the, the lisp is getting bigger. The um, it's. I don't want to say more frail, but that's what it sounds like. It's getting... It's kind of like how Nez's voice sounds on I Know What I Know. You know, right. a, a little. It sounds a little bit... Or For a better example, Johnny Cash's last recording of Hurt. Oh, yes. So, but it leads me to... And, and I'm not going to say anything, but it does make you wonder and it does make you concerned, at least to me. 
but still an interesting and, and wonderful performance. And mm-hmm. uh, it's I'm glad that he did it. I mean, it really you know, is. At least we know he's still out there, alive and kicking. Absolutely, and a very you gotta admit it's unique too. It is. A lot of people have covered this, but never with a banjo. I can't see you know not not even a country artist. They, you know they do more orchestral. You, you tend to hear the song more with or, or orchestral right. uh, arrangements. And you, you got to give Peter credit. It's also kind of gutsy to do it with your voice only surrounded by mm-hmm. very few instruments. Yeah. Track thirteen. Now, you want to talk about a rocker? Here we go. You want to talk about a song that will just absolutely get you going? Merry Christmas, baby. Give Mickey credit. This is a song covered by Chuck Berry, Otis Redding, B.B. King, some guy named Elvis Presley, Bruce Springsteen, Christina Aguilera, Melissa Etheridge, Hanson, Bonnie Raitt, Mm -hmm. everyone and their brother. I think I got a version coming out next week. This is Mickey at his finest, I think, on the album, because he's probably thinking, what can I bring to it? Mm Mm-hmm. But the, the the feeling of deep down blues, the growling, the, the I haven't guttural. Seen, I haven't heard him feel. sing this, sing like this since Justice. Yep. Yeah, never enough. Uh, dying of a broken heart. Uh, you know, uh, that kind of thing. His PMS scene. Remember in concert in the mm-hmm. '90s, he would do that torch song. Uh, since I fell for you. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. But great. This is one of the highlights of this entire collection. Mm-hmm. And then you have the two bonus cuts if you have the Target CD. Right. And I don't know why uh, we got this version of, of track 14, because on Missing Links 2, we got the full stereo, mm-hmm. wonderful uh, recording. Uh, it's quite possible they couldn't get it. I mean, it just wasn't available to them. Hmm. And it could be because of time constraints, that was the easiest one to get a hold of. Possibly. So that's the only thing I can think of. But it is... Proof positive, as we always say as fans, that the guys could sing together and the guys could sing harmoniously. Right. That's something they don't get a lot of credit for is their Peter's harmonies. Peter's voice is at its best, blending with Nez very well for the medium parts. A lot of people seem to forget, seem to think that Davey had, because he was so small, he was smaller than anybody, had a higher voice. It wasn't the case. Davey always sang the lower parts, the baritone mm-hmm. and the bass parts. Yep. And then Mickey, of course, with the tenor. But And, and, and it's nice to hear Mickey's um, uh, Spanish background come into Latino background come into play. Yep. And, of course, for most of us, it conjures up images of the Monkey's Christmas episode and our friend, Butch Patrick. Mm-hmm. The Texas Chicken Prairie Home Sandwich Companion. Podcast. There you go. Now we come to the hidden gem. I'm so glad that this is finally to the point where we can hear it, we can understand it. And we can actually enjoy it because every version I've heard of this song is muddy in some way. Really? Because usually what I'm listening to is a second or third generation copy of it. Well, Rhino's released this on many Christmas comps since the 90s. I have never been able to find Blue Yule to save my oh, wow. life. Never. Um, I looked for it every year because it was the only compilation I knew that had it on there. Wow, I didn't know that. But see, this is the thing. You know, I could have supplied you with it. I think, I think Adam went in and remixed this. Probably. You know, and what we get is a really sweet sounding version. And it finally answers the question of what in the blue hell did Peter do on this song? Yes. No anti was it was it Lefkowitz that said that he was brought on to do like some anti Griseldas or something like that and you listen, wait a minute, I don't hear anything like I don't hear yes. any of that stuff, but Peter plays keep the the mighty T three or the Hammond B three organ in this. So Right. Um 
because this song has been included on so many comps, it's weird. Starting in the '90s, I would be in a mall or someplace, and I would hear this on the uh, mm-hmm. the store music or the yeah. store uh, uh, music uh, player, whatever you want to call it now. It's not music anymore. Well, that's exactly what the the in-house music, right? And that would always be weird because you thought of this as some little gem only us collectors had by trading. Well, yeah, because the originally it only went out to the fan club, right? And I, I first got it on cassette in like '86, trading with this fan and that mm-hmm. fan. Oh yeah. But it's been available in full stereo for for many years, and it makes so many comp lists, and you hear it in stores, and it's mm-hmm. weird. But it's a very good song. I mean, it is, and it poppy. It, it, it's gone through like three or four incarnations because. This is not the original lyrics that Howard Kylan of the Turtles and Chip came up with. Right. Based on what Chip has said. Right. So. And, you know, Chip was looking at, you know, these guys were hot 10 years ago. This was 1976. It's my way to get back into the mainstream, man. Possibly. And well, that's exactly what he was trying to do. And it, he what, was hoping that it would get into the mainstream, that he would be able to pick up more jobs that way. Mm-hmm. And what if it was a hit? Because remember, the Monkey's Greatest Hits by Arista, mm-hmm. correct? Arista. Arista. I always get that wrong was back in the top 50 because of mm-hmm. the uh, afternoon syndicated reruns of the show. Yep. So there was some heat in 76. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, it's one of those weird things. I'm glad to have it. Again, I come from the day when those original Monkees albums, that's all we'd ever thought we'd have. Mm-hmm. So the idea we got, dare I say it, even pull it. But all the stuff Rhinos put out, um, uh, Good Times, this, you know, yeah. you're happy because it's all like gravy. It is. It's all extra stuff based on what we originally got and we never thought we'd see any new material from these guys, Very even true. though this really isn't the monkeys. This is, you know, Mickey and friends. And but you know, still, it's a monkeys product. It is, and overall, I give it a good A minus. I think I have to agree. You know, this is something that will allow us to continue. I wish they'd done it years ago. I wish they'd done it in the '90s, but it would have been interesting to see how they did it compared to now. But I think Adam was the perfect catalyst for this. You know this. You can tell Adam is like Chip. Chip loved the, you know, loved what he was doing back then. Adam loves working with these guys. I can see that. Now, what I'd like to see, I'd like to see another, one more original music album. Yeah. You know, just as a swan song, because then you have the trilogy. that I think, and I don't know if I would... You know what I would do in a situation like that? I would not only... I'd go back to Rivers. I'd go back to Andy. Because you know those two guys love writing stuff. Sure. But not a monkey's... Not like they did, uh, as I call uh, retro pop. Yeah. Like they did power pop back in the 60s. 60s power pop. Right. I'd like to see them both write more modernistic Me too. songs. Me too. To give Mickey a chance to just blow the doors off of it. stop trying to sound like that thing that you do mm-hmm. yeah fine movie yeah a little yeah, the a great music, song music yeah, that, that's why my heart dropped when I heard those first singles from good times like oh boy it's just silly bubble gum but, but you're right but again put into context it was it was retro pop yeah retro power pop trying to grab a certain feeling well trying to recreate that 67 sound because that's what they were known for that was right. their so. but to me again we've been through this the monkeys there was always something extra that mm-hmm. kept them from sounding like that silly thin mm-hmm. bubblegum sure. music of that thing you do and because yeah. to me that's very forgettable disposable mm-hmm. bubblegum music it's the just monkeys, typical bubblegum even yeah. I'm a believer has something extra going for it mm-hmm. Clarksville there's something more than just silly forgettable bubblegum 1, 2, 3 red light Yummy, yeah. yummy, yummy. I All got love in my and tummy. And that thing that you do, to yeah. me, that's mm-hmm. the same thing. Yeah. Um, I see what you're saying. But yeah, I'm glad we have it. And uh, I, I, like, and I would I'd like, like to I'd see, like to see you know, I'd like to see Nez 
go back to writing. I'd like to mm-hmm. see him. I'd like to see him bring back something different, like go back to those FNB days, or you know, even go back to tropical campfires and come up with something along that line. Because he's such a musical chameleon. Mm-hmm. He's written. He's written so much in so many different styles. It'd be interesting to see what if he could write a pop song these days and see what he would do. Yeah, very true. Although it is interesting to hear him cover, well, not cover, but perform material written by other people. We got mm-hmm. that on Good Times and here, because yep. even in the Monkees, he leaned toward his own material. Sure. Folks pointed out how strange it was on Pisces Aquarius that he's, he's singing these other songs written by other me. folks. And well, then when he was a solo star, it was basically his own material. Well, but then you go to Tropical Campfires and he's doing True. Brazil. True. He's doing Begin to Begin. Mm-hmm. So, you know. He, he's got a serious love of Cole Porter, but we all yes. know. Yes, oh yes. Or Cole Porter Wagner. Nice. Huh. I like that. Mm-hmm. So, we hardly recommend it. It's interesting, too, because our band never had a, a, a true dedicated Christmas yep. um, release. True. Almost any performer you can think of uh-huh. has a Christmas comp. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, Davey is a solo guy, put some out um, like that. But it's nice yep. to have this on your shelf and make it a annual tradition to listen Absolutely, to. Absolutely, yeah. It, it, it'll stand the test of time, I think. We're going to feature a remix on this episode like we do so often, but this time it's one I really have nothing to do with. Somebody sent this to me. Not sure if the person wants to remain anonymous or what. If you're the person, let us know. We'll give you full credit. But somebody took Davy's vocals for We Were Made For Each Other. From, uh, of course, the birds, the bees, and the monkeys. And they gave it an incredible new backing that makes the song completely different. And I think much, much better. So, I wish I could give the person credit. But here, to introduse it, is... 321K is changed at some time with a real fake Don Steeler sign for Monkeys Remix. Monkeys, Monkeys, Monkeys. It's that Davy Jones, never be forgotten tune. Uh, what's the name of the song again? Monkeys, Monkeys. We were made for each other on the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys Podcast. I wanted you from the first day I saw you First day I looked into your eyes That's when I knew that I would adore you It was no surprise We were made for each other As the stars were made for the sky We were made for each other No other love have I You took my hand Was it then you had known it? Is that when you started loving me? Was it the way I smiled at a chonies? Was that the day you could see? We were made for each other As the stars were made for the sky We were made for each other No other love have I Thank you. 
may fall each other as the stars are made for the sky. We were made for each other, no other love. Again, I hope you enjoyed that. I wish I could give somebody credit. That's been on my playlist for many years, and you've mm-hmm. noticed is how it's a whole different song. It is, and I, I like the, the the banjo and the acoustic guitar added to it the way it was. It's if only know. Davey said, "Hey Peter, you want to come over to my session over here?" So, hey I've Peter, got work Peter, could you play the banjo for me? Would you Would you mind telling George bigger name on the other line? You can do what a uh, Wonderwall. It? Wonderwall later. You can do yes. it next week. All right, so. But yeah, it's uh, an excellent remake, and yeah, it's we don't really do much Davy stuff, but because it's December, and we're coming up in the anniversary of his birth, what the true. heck? True, absolutely Very true. Just give him, give him, give him a shout out there. And we don't talk about him much either. It's just, I mean, we do because of course he's part of this group we love, but mm-hmm. he seems to get short shrift, no pun intended, mm-hmm. on the podcast, and we don't mean that intentionally. We yeah, just end up talking about Nishwash a lot. That's right. So speaking of Nishwash. I think what we want to do is to to kind of semi-wrap the show up. I think we should take a look at back at what an amazing year and what a unique year it's been. The year of the past two years. No, I'm talking about this year alone. Well, I mean, we can go back to the very beginning. I mean, It's our second anniversary. Ruminate and reminisce in just a couple of minutes, you know? As a matter of fact, can you I say actually, it on the radio? Yeah, as a matter of fact, on the radio? I, did, I did on the very first episode. That's true. We ruminate and reminisce about it, but, you know... Uh, to for those of you that have are new to the podcast family, and we welcome all of you, except those of you that choose to be rude on the group page, in which case you get bounced faster than a uh, failed pilot episode. And those of you who aren't listening, eat dirt. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. Hark, I heard this in the Betty Davis movie one time. But uh, we go back to the very beginning. You oh, know. man, I, I just can't remember that far back. But for those of you who are new to this, this is actually all Al's idea. Al was the one who came to me and said, "Hey, you know, we both love the Monkees. You've got ra- you've done radio. I've got Garage Band. Let's do a podcast. What do you say?" So now you know who to blame, folks. No, they blame me because I'm the one that always mucks things up. Oh, mm, that this personality of mine. Squirrel. Sorry. Mm. But I mean, and, and remember the the most interesting, the most amazing thing about our first episode. It was an amazingly short 22, 22 minutes. minutes. <laughs> and our fans, our fans are going, well, where, where can I listen to that? Where? Yeah, really. Those were the days. But and this thing has over, let's see, a thousand and a half listeners. Yeah, it took, it's taken two years, oh, wow. but we finally got that over a thousand. It's but, taken us a while. But that has to do with just the limited, um, uh, the limited number of outlets that we had available because it was basically iTunes and SoundCloud. And also just testing the waters. Yeah, absolutely. But do you remember, Alan, I know it's, it's been a long time, but think back. That first episode, we busted a certain myth. Absolutely. And it was the fact that going back to the 
was it the monkeys race the 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 one with the episode where Zappa shows up. That's race again. Yeah. So, and Nez is being Zappa. Zappa is being Nez. And Zappa uttered the phrase, "Well, you know, when I'm done with this, I'll be joining the birds." And Nez, it stopped Nez in his tracks, and it made me think. So, um, not having access to Nez at that time because Jody was not part of the podcast team yet, I reached out to Roger McGuinn. Couldn't get much higher. Yeah, couldn't get much higher. McGuinn and McGuire. I'm oh, sorry, that's Creek Alley. Mamas and the Papas, another group altogether. But um, I reached out to Roger McGuinn. Wait, wait, you mean there are other groups beside the monkeys? Mm hmm. The yeah. Creeps, the Inevitables. Oh, that's true. Spuds, <laughs> AJ, LJ. SJ. That's it. So, and I asked him about it, and he says, he responded to me and said he and Nez were friends, but there was never any talk about him joining the birds afterwards. So, and again, you can hear that in our very first episode on our own blog page TPCHCMonkeyscast. Dot blogspot.com. That's it. It's only taken me two years to learn that. <laughs> now, fans didn't get too mad at us for that first episode, so mm-hmm. we did a fabulous second episode talking about the 1986 reunion tour. And the most recent, at the time, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame snub. There have been so many since. And we, you know, we, we tried something that didn't really, I don't know whether it went over really well or not, but... I liked it. I enjoyed it. We talked about some of the guest stars that were in uh, one of the best episodes of the first season that's Monkeys in a Ghost Town. Give them your famous line, Lenny. You guys ain't going, oh, you guys ain't going no place. Wait till the big man gets here. You must be out. Yeah. I'm a baby, I'm a baby, but my baby don't love nobody but me. Nobody but me. If that doesn't make you tune out, nothing. <laughs> no, we went over um, some little known secrets about the guest stars. About Rosemary, about Len Lesser, yep. uh, about Lon Chaney Jr. Here we go right here. Let's take a look. We did a special blog post just on mm-hmm. those guest stars. Rosemary, yes. Uncle Leo, Len Lesser. Mm-hmm. The famous Lon Chaney Jr. Mm-hmm. And how they tie into the monkeys and other bits of pop culture, such as TV's Batman. Mm-hmm. What a great time. <laughs> and it's probably the first time we looked at the reunion years, the, the post-60s years, mm-hmm. and discussed it. We talked about depth. where it went right, where it went wrong. Right. And then that leads us to our controversial episode three. Boy, were we wrong on this oh. one. <laughs> Boy, were we wrong on this one. Glad I'm not, glad I'm not making a line on the, on the Miss Cleo. On the Miss Cleo guideline, man. You mean I shouldn't uh, go with those stock tips you gave me yesterday? No. We called this episode 2016 the end of the monkeys. <laughs> As Al is always wanting to say. Never say never. That's right. If you're a monkey he, Here we are two years later. we got a brand new CD. We've had one Mickey and Mike tour. We're going to get another one. Nez has gone out of the road twice. He's going out. Well, we'll get to that in a little while. We'll, we'll, we'll let Jody give all this stuff coming up. So You can't stop these guys. We also covered Strange Secrets of the Monkey's Pilot episode. Once more, looking at... Uh, Joe, Higgins, the, uh, Joe Higgins, the security guard. Right. Um, Mr. Whipple. Mr. Whipple. Uh, and Bing Russell. Rudy. Right. And, you know, uh, interesting things about the uh, the lead actress that played Vanessa Russell, her father. You know, we, we just went over a lot of the things. So Let us know if you want to get back to that. We, we really enjoy talking about the TV yeah, absolutely. aspect. Yeah, other than once we stop doing that, we really don't talk an awful lot about the episodes. Right. But that reminds me, and, and I want to lay the I want to lay the groundwork for this. I still do want to do that special episode because Stan Freeberg, mm. who was in Monkey vs. Machine is somebody that's very important not only in the world of music 
the world of comedy, the world of animation, the world of advertising. You know, just one of the truly great minds. Uh, I have contacts with his son, and I'm working on his daughter, so I'd like to get both look to see about getting them on there in the future to talk about their famous father. Excellent. That same episode, we also gave a personal <laughs> remembrance of... Uh, you're one of those weird trivia weirdos, aren't you? Mickey Dolan's locally performing in South Carolina in 2000. Mm-hmm. We had some exclusive audio of them performing... Three Whittle Fitties. Swim, said them like, I swim. Swim, yes. and flam, and they flam wide over the dam. And that is the only time in our 21 episodes that we have used the words ish kabibble. I beg your pardon. Mm-hmm. You told me you'd never say that in my presence again. For those of you who don't know, uh, ish kabibble, if you, you have to be a big band uh, fan of the big bands to know this, the original School of Musical Knowledge with Kay Kaiser, ish kabibble was a character portrayed by an actor who looked an awful lot like Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. Yes. And his his stage name was ish kabibble. And as the story goes, Mickey asks as he got ready to sing, does anybody know who Ishka Bibble is? And of course, the only person in the entire audience who raised their hand was... You. That's right. And he said, yeah, you would. He's one of those trivia weirdos. You know, he not only knows who Ishka Bibble is, he knows him, and he's been dead for 30 years. Yes. Ishka Bibble, not Mickey. Ishka Bibble. Let's make that little disclaimer. Now, episode four mm-hmm. was our great, the headquarters LP that could have been. Mm-hmm. Remember, we, all, we wondered, uh, what if Kirshner had some influence over that what if if just charlie tickner had not been an asshole and sold them the rights to all of your toys right how could how would it have how would things have been different Mm -hmm. if these little different scenarios took place sure also we we, Ah, oh lord yes (laughs) yes that last thing down there at the bottom The 2000 remix of Daydream Believer uh, with Davy Jones got so many that. what the hell? Oh yes, I liked it though. It's kind of funky. It, it, it was perfect for 2000. Again, that was episode four. You can hear it at our blog spot page. Are you sure you're my nephew? Ah, uh, I can't remember my line. Line, please. This is uh, what was it? I can't remember. Really, Crank, right, Crang. Mr. Krantz or something. Crank, Yes. You're the only guys that didn't like it. That was that was our first interview ever. Yeah. Episode five. Episode five with who? Coco Dolans. Who? Mickey's sister. Oh yeah, she. Oh, that's right. She's the famous sister of that guy that makes furniture or something. Mm-hmm. I don't. The know. one who put him on hold and said, "I'll call you back because I'm on a. I'm talking on a podcast." We don't want to brag or we anything. We don't want to brag. No. No, great interview. We broke mm-hmm. it up into three pieces, and uh, episode five is the first of those three pieces. We talked about the uh, what I thought was a decent album, the then and now, re, uh, re, for lack of a better term, reunion album right. that featured uh, that was then, this is now, uh, anytime, any place, everywhere, and you know how I feel about that song and Kicks. And we talked about why Davy wasn't a part of some of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Coco was great. She continued, of course, in episode six, part two. Episode six, our most controversial episode to this date. Just how bad. Was pull it. Not is it bad? Let's measure how bad it was. Okay, you realize that I you're know. about to open up that can uh-huh. of worms again. Uh huh. Because it's funny. I posted today, I, I posted the anniversary of Jody's first listening I to our that. episode. Yes. And the only comment was about pull it. Yep. So, yep. pull it, of course, is a very polarizing album, just as Justice is. Yep. This episode also talks about the 87. 
MTV debacle and how Davey was involved in that. We don't need MTV. We need they, MTV needs us more than we need them. And uh, famous last word. We saw what happened. And if you don't know what happened, that's episode six. That's right. For your dining and dancing pleasure. Yeah, for your listening pleasure. There you go. Episode seven. Again, more of Coco, our final portion of the Coco interview, and just how great was Justice. Not is it great, how great was it? Now, again, that brought up the division of fans yes. as we look. You have those that... The 86ers. The 86ers who prefer the Kirshner-esque, pre-produced, you know, pop-produced corporate monkeys, as, as if you will. Whereas those of us that like HQ, Pac-J, and Justice prefer what the monkeys really were, which we was want a garage band. rock and roll. Yeah. It can't always be bubblegum and ballads. But, and again, know. and at that point, we went back another rock and uh, the the second Rock and Roll Hall of Fame snub. Another of my Effion winner rants. An annual tradition, it seems now. True. Hashtag uh, Effion winner. So that brings us to wonderful episode eight. Yep. And uh, that was where the Texas Chicken Prairie Home Companion episode interview with Butch Patrick was happened. Exactly. We talk about Mike's then new book, Infinite Tuesday. Which my my original seven minutes with Nez. And yes, you can hear Butch Patrick, Eddie Munster himself, talk about his time on the monkeys in the famous Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. He had a blast. My Love is Only Sleeping remix. Which is very good. Oh, thank you. I- your five bucks is in the mail. Mm-hmm. Or was it ten? I can't. I can never remember. No. Oh, Although ten bucks will be... Never mind. I'm not going to go there. I'm not even going to tease that yet. I no. got work, work to do. Episode nine was fun. Our top personal songs. Mm-hmm. Each of us picked our own top five songs, episodes, albums. Mm-hmm. Solo work, solo pieces. Right. It. So, and then we went over the reason that I, to this day do now what I will call the fake real Don Steele, <laughs> just to cover my butt. We explain who he is. We explain who he was and how uh, how he technically saved the monkeys right. by debuting the girl I knew somewhere over a little bit me, a little bit you. And some guy called Nesmith uh, calls yeah, we had a We included a an interview from 2000, 2003, I think it was. Right. And with Andrew Sandoval and Nez, who talked about this. So Right. Here at so Rachel. Nez, Nez again. That guy seems to pop up in a lot of Mm -hmm. our... Episode 10, an interview I know that you're very proud of. Interview with superfan Fred Velez. If you don't know who Fred is, turn in your monkey's badge immediately or go to episode 10 on our blog spot page. Then you certainly didn't go to the monkey's conventions. Right, I was there and then Fred had the the kind of unenviable task of uh, being the MC and having to hustle people on and off the stage and Mm -hmm. keep the schedule and... Take care of rowdy fans. And in 86, was, there was Fred a lot was, of rowdy fans. Fred was not a very liked person by the crowds at this time, but he's a super nice guy. He had a great book. A little bit me, a little bit you, the monkeys from a fan's perspective. Yes. Still available. Great Makes a great Christmas gift. If you don't have it already. But that's episode 10. The big Fred Velez episode. Episode and, 11. Yes. It's one of my favorites, but I don't, you know, we never got any, a lot of feedback on it. So it's like. Let's see know. the numbers. Yes. That was one of the ones that kind of. Fell below the. Uh, What's well, all right? Less than three hundred listens. Yeah. What well, happened, folks? Go listen now. Maybe they, you know, there are some people that probably don't are not big fans of. of wait a minute. You're no you st- wait, go scroll, scroll back. Hair. Whoa. You hair. still had hair back then. Oh what my god. What do you think gosh. I was staring at for the past ten minutes? Yeah. Look at that. Hair. But you know, maybe some people don't like tribute albums. But we spoke to the incredible Natty Moss Bond, 
of Poof uh, was featured on the Hear No Evil uh, Atlanta-based Monkeys tribute album. Her and her band covered You Told Me. Mm-hmm. You can hear the interview with her and that song, episode 11. Mm-hmm. And we talk about some of Mike's 90s shows. Kind of a big 90s episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, look, the latest Rock and Roll Hall of Fame snub. Uh, yeah. is also mentioned. That's only four episodes. Oh, Do they four. snub our guys about six it, times a year? It's like on the, it's like on the docket. Every four months, <laughs> snub the monkeys quarterly. I right, I think so. it comes up in the uh, the appointment book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, that is big but, episode 11. But yeah, if you, know, if, if you want to experience really good music, yeah, I mean, really good cover music, that's the one I would recommend, taking nothing away from Listen to the Bands. Right. And now we come to the Halloween 2017 episode with The Count. Ah, 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 ah. That's right. The Count himself from Monstrous Monkey Mash, Ron Masak, called in. This is probably one of my favorite interviews. It's absolutely just the nicest guy you could ever talk to. And, you know, we talked a little bit about everything. And what really made me happy was at the end of the interview, he, he told us, he said, you know, you guys really did your homework. Because yes. a lot of people, unlike certain morning show hosts, says, hey, we've got Mickey Dolan's of the Monkey Show. Mickey, tell me, what was it like auditioning 50 years ago for this TV show? One doesn't have a private audition when one has already had one's television show. Well, tell me, Mickey, do you sell the hat, and how much money did you get from Liquid Paper? Uh, that's Mike, mate. That's Mike, Mike who? Nishwash. What about Ringo? You still talk to Ringo? <laughs> no, this was a great episode. It was our special Halloween theme episode. We also He was discussed. kind enough to cut a great promo for us. Oh, yes. You can hear that, too. They're good people. Just tons of fun. Tons mm-hmm. of fun. Episode 13. Unlucky episode 13. Mm-hmm. Now we go to... Episode 12. Skip. Now, 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 if you're confused, we couldn't resist the unlucky number being tied in with Halloween. Yeah, so we I mean, skipped one. And that's right. We, we, we just went, went dyslexic. Trouble is not in your set. That's right. Episode 12. We are, con- we are controlling the num- We are con- controlling the numeric... Uh, Options of this, to, so can we do that? Yes, we can. Episode 12. Our podcast, our rules. So yes, no. Episode twelve was a landmark episode for us mm. because we welcomed Jody to the podcast Who? team. Yes, that's right, Jody Ritson, mm-hmm. Monkey's agent and event coordinator. And this woman is just everywhere. I mean, you see, there. She when when you, I think when there's you, three of her. When when we get her on the phone in just a little while, you'll hear some really interesting stuff that she's into. It's like she's got. 112 irons in the fire all at once, and she juggles them adeptly. Then there's the interesting stuff she's into that we can't mention. Hey, 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 hey. She's going to get mad at her. Well, but she, she, gives she, us, she gives us her background on how she became interested in the monkey. She's, a, she's an MTV-er. Oh, yeah. 86. 86-er. But, yeah, it's Don't a great Don't even know interview. her. Mm-hmm. All right, bad This episode also has my remix of... A live performance of Sunny Girlfriend from... Call Scroungy Girlfriend! 2012. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine me remixing a song from this century? Mm-hmm. And because that was the December uh, the December 2017 issue, we brought back the Butch Patrick interview simply right. because it ties in with Christmas. Melvin Vandersnoot. You know what? Christmas is my time of year. Hey, you know there, that sounds like a good song title. Let's hunker down like a jackass in a hailstorm dot, dot, dot and work on that. You're getting ahead of yourself. I'm sorry. Now the big episode. The biggin'. Yep. Episode. One year ago next month. 14. We spent an hour with Mike. Right. And we talked about the upcoming January F&B tour. And I will hopefully have, we will hopefully have him on again in December to talk about what's next. And here's my first word. Here's my first question to him. You know, 
You know, Mike, when we talked to you back in, in December of last year, you know, or December of 2017, you talked about the five shows being it, and you talked about being needing a mandate from the people. That September tour was pretty much a good mandate, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, sir. But, uh, you know, it's been... That was a great thing. Uh, you know, that was the second time I'd got to talk to him in that year. That's true. And now, can you hear your other interview on this episode? No. I think it's a previous episode. Yeah, we did the... Yes. Uh, we did the seven minutes, and then we did the 22 minutes of me being interviewed by uh, my one-time radio partner, Errol Collins, about the podcast. Right. So, And why why we do the podcast. Now, on the same episode, number 14? Oh, yeah, that's right. Our favorite, our favorite twosome. Uh, by the way, I'm going to digress for just a second. Sure. Last Sunday, they had a live Facebook show. I knew Cersei was good. But man, that little band and her vocals are just outstanding. Listen, guys, if you really want to experience something really good, go to Christian's, go to Christian Nesmith's website, check out his solo work, go to SearsingLink.com, check out her work. She is a phenomenal singer. Oh, yes. And just two of the coolest people on the planet. Great interview, friendly. And he loved the fact that you lean left like I do. <laughs> That's kind of personal. Oh, you mean politically? Politically, oh. yes. Third. Hey. Now, can we still say wax minute? Yes. That's allowed. Okay. That's yes. right. The lawyer's gone. Or, or, yeah, the lawyer. The lawyer's six feet under. So Mr. Sorry. Fleming, what was his name? No, it was. Fleming-Gale? Um, no, it was. Plinger? Uh, Finland. Mr. Cheatham. Cheatham. Dewey Cheatham and, and Tim. How? Dewey Cheatham and how? Episode 15 was our controversial wax minute episode. <laughs> Exclusive interview with 90s Nez band member. John Jorgensen. Great interview. This is another one that kind of fell under the radar a bit. Who told some amazing Nez stories? Right, and you know, it, there's an interesting com- if you go back to the Nez interview in episode 14, I asked him about the um, about the band that performed at uh, the Brit Festival with him, right. and they included Jorgensen, Joe Chimay, John Hobbs, Luis Conte, and Red. So, and he had some very interesting things to say about that. And then, uh, and then there was the. Uh, <laughs> Then there was the infamous clip from the 1994 tour that we that we shared. Yes, where we get wax minute, that very phrase. Mm-hmm. Well, no, Mike was being Armando the Newt. Yeah, well, no, the the wax minute was from the Zigzag concert in Great Britain in the See, early 70s. Go. It was just him in red. There you go. Because he talked about having a scene, it was too high for him. But then we included the 1994 Dal- Dallas appearance of Armando the Newt singing Total Control. That's it, that's it. So, yeah. This episode, number 15, also has the backing track to Day We Fall In Love, so you can judge. Just, you know, does it have to be a bad song? Al, yes. are you ready? I'm ready. All right, everyone, plug your ears for a moment. There will be birds singing everywhere, and the wind will be blowing through your hair. R.I.P. Dick and Lunchbox. That references, once again, Hear No Evil. Hear No Evil, the Monkees 90s tribute album. The true best version of the Day We Fall In Love. Because they made it uh, anti-Grizzlies. Yeah. This episode also talks about the best and worst monkeys merchandise released, in our opinion. Mm-hmm. It's Jody's first call-in as one of our correspondents slash partner. Did we talk about the poncho being one of the worst? I think the poncho was mentioned. Okay. Just making sure. It's got to be mentioned. Now, episode 14. 16. I'm going backwards. I'm regressing. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites. One of our stellar interviews with the nominated for the Songwriters Hall of Fame, which I hope that he will get in, Bobby Hart. Right. 
fun interview, informative. We tried to hit him with questions he hasn't heard a million times, like all our interview subjects. Mm-hmm. And he was very appreciative of that. You know, we yes. talked a lot about his relationship with Tommy, how it got started, and he tells some great stories. He's still working. I have to check back with him to see if he's got that creative uh, flow book done yet. But you know, it, the, he's. By the way, if you're a fan of Bobby Hart and you want to learn a little bit more, uh, his book Psychedelic Bubblegum. Great recommended. Great book. read. Great read. But it was a uh, and, and what was it? Oh yeah, because you talked about and, and with with all the midterms coming up. You talked about LUV, Let Us Vote. Right, how that helped change, in a small way, the mm-hmm. uh, voting age back in the early 70s. Absolutely. You also hear some of Boyce and Hart's versions of monkey songs, songs they may have done first if the mm-hmm. monkeys covered later, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And we have... Uh, and then we talked a little about some of the stuff that Mickey was doing, which has grown by leaps and bounds, but yes. I will defer that to Jody in a little bit, so... Big episode 17, we kind of return to Hear No Evil. We talked to the producer of that Monkeys tribute CD, Jim Johnson. Mm-hmm. And it was with a touch of sadness because, as I've stated, you know, my favorite song on that CD is the rockabilly version of Tomorrow's Gonna Be Another Day by Larry Joe Miller and the Rockabilly Rockets. Well, not too long after we finished our interview with Natty, Larry, uh, Larry Joe Miller died unfor- uh, quite suddenly. So we reminisced about Larry Joe. We talked about the, putting this together. Jim Johnson's an absolute great guy, fun to talk to, a true Monkees fan, and it was amazing how this came together. Absolutely. Another fun interview. Well, we're closing in on our most recent episodes. Mm-hmm. Episode 18 is one of the most listened to episodes we've ever done. Mm-hmm. Our exclusive interview with... Hank Chicalo. The guy that was the recording engineer behind Headquarters and so many other famous... Also, also albums one and two, right. Monkeys and More Of. And a little bit, I think he did some on Pac J, but I... And then he also, for those of you who are Carol King fans, uh, he helped produce one of the, arguably the greatest albums of the 70s, and that's Tapestry by Carol King. Also on this episode, number 18, we talk a bit, we continue a bit about what if Headquarters had been different because we talk about what if Kirshner had stayed around. What if he was allowed to just have maybe three songs on each album? What about having just one side? Where, that what, what if, yeah, what if there had been some sort of a compromise yes. rather than Nez having to put his fist through a wall? That could have been your face. It's my way or the highway. Right. But it was, I, it was a very spirited discussion, and I think we came up with some pretty good stuff. Right. And I think I surprised you with that. I said, Alan, come in. Let's record. I've got a... An idea I want to hit you with, very mm-hmm. uh, spontaneous. And he did, and we responded just like we we did. We did our very best. Uh, whose line is it anyway? Uh, improv. Yeah. Right now, when you hit me with the whipped cream, I got a little upset. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next episode was a lot of fun. Number nineteen interview with Don Glute. Now you're asking who's Don Glute? Don Glute was a very famous. Uh, he was an actor. He was a musician. He was a writer of comic books. His lover of comic books. Uh, he performed in a band that uh, was called the Penny Arcade. It was a band that was funded by Nez for a while. Uh, they, as Nez put it uh, in, in that interview where we got the story for uh, Girl I Knew Somewhere, right. uh, he talked about he thought that the Penny Arcade captured that late 60s L.A. sound better than any other band. Right. Uh, come to find out that they did not ever perform anywhere. But the band was fronted by Craig Smith, who 
had a very strange uh, story. He um, and there's a book that that the same blog post recommends about Craig. Well, he wrote Salesman. Yep. And you're going to hear, boy, from this point on, you're going to hear so many covers of Salesman. You're not going to uh, know what to do. <laughs> but we include Penny Arcade's version here, or a run through of it. Mm-hmm. We talked about the monkeys in the comics, the two different, the number of different series, because the connections. yeah, the connections, and because that was at the time that the Archies monkeys crossover came out with the really nice. With the only really good cover being the Mike Allred cover. And we also mentioned the connection between the world of comic books and the monkeys because of Don Glute being Mm -hmm. someone who's worked in comics. He's worked in a band that was spearheaded by Mike, or rather shepherded by Mike. So it's an interesting episode. Episode 19, that is. Don Don was a very... Don's got a huge memory. I mean, Don's got an amazing memory. And some of the extra things we talk about, like the Craig Smith book, things like that, you can find links to them and more about them mm-hmm. with each blog post. In addition to doing a episode, for example, we just talked about episode 19, on our blog page you can find not just a way to hear that episode, but you're going to see visually mm-hmm. things we talk about. Some of the monkeys, comic connections, a place to order the book about Craig. Mm-hmm. Those of you that have never been, uh, don't go to the Blogspot page, you really should because... I'm going to say this. I said this before, and I'll say it again. Al puts forth a tremendous amount of effort, because not only editing this to make us sound better, uh, but he does a lot of the legwork to find these pictures, to create these banners that you see that when he puts them on the group page. But there's so much more information to go along with it that you may learn something, and it's it. I, I, he does a he does a hell of a job, and, and it, it's not something I could really do Thank because you. of my squirrel ADHD. Thank you. And you say, I think a, a good way of saying it, it's a supplement to the blog, absolutely to the audio of the of the uh, podcast. This is a hey, visual. Supplement. Hey, wait a minute! Didn't Nez swipe that from us? What's that? The audio of the podcast with the visual of the blogspot page. That sounds an awful damn lot like the prison. You know what? I think you're right. <laughs> now you just mentioned or the garden. You just mentioned people may learn something. Episode 20, our last one. Our remote episode. Was about, now don't fall asleep now, the monkeys and politics, the many connections. But we weren't talking about current politics. Well, we kind of were, but. In a a roundabout way, we looked at how it focused on the politics of the 60s. The more things change. The more they stay the same. But we talk about, you know, the many cracks about President Johnson. Mm -hmm. The movie I will hunker down like a jackass on a hailstorm. Uh, uh. Pat Paulson, his involvement, the movie Head, and the many mm-hmm. anti-war yep. statements there. Oh yeah, I mean some of their songs that mention politics. I can I can still see that one image to this day, and it sends a chill up my spine every time I see it. And it's just you know, it was a different, it's a different world, especially happening in Asia in, in Vietnam. But to see that guy getting his head blown off, and the guy putting a bullet in his temple, you can't help but look at that and not be moved. And we talk about the story behind that, who that mm-hmm. was, absolutely. Who, the circumstances surrounding that. Mm-hmm. We have a uh, great remix of da- not a remix, a daily nightly cover by McGrath. Correct. That's correct. Um, not to be confused with Mark McGrath of Sugar Ray. Jody calls in. We talk about. Uh, we, we go back over our Nesmith interview in a mm-hmm. little uh, truncated version. Yep. And again, all of this on TPCH. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, what? You forgot one other thing about that episode, my yeah, friend. Yeah. We recap the completion of my Monkey's Grand Slam. Yes, that's right. Alan's story about meeting Nesmith mm-hmm. up in Philadelphia. Philly. He oh, goes Pittsburgh. The, I'm sorry, not Philly. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. You went to the convention uh, up there, the uh, Steel City Con, and he talks about uh, meeting him the and then making him laugh. 
And you can see pictures of that, exclusive photos, all at T-P-C-H-C. Monkeys, monkeyscast.blogspot.com. That's right. Oh, I feel, it's like looking through a family photo album. Mm-hmm. I feel verklempt now. I feel at peace now. But you know what? It's just begun. This is episode 21. Let's mm-hmm. go ahead and do a recap. Or me- no, it's a little too early. No, it's a little too early for that. So. All right. It's been fun. We value your input, not just on our Facebook page. Again, you can contact us through this very blog post page mm-hmm. we mentioned. You can contact us through Facebook. We want to hear your feedback. What do you want to hear more of? What do you want to hear less of? Mm-hmm. You're your podcast. That's By right. fans, for fans. That's right. And, and, and if you don't tell us what we're doing, what you don't like, we may just keep doing it and to the point where you're not going to listen anymore. We don't want that. Now, of course, to be fair to our fans, they asked for less yucks and hijinks, and we answered with a super yucky, well, because we're having fun, and we want you to laugh, and we want to laugh. Absolutely. The world well, wants to laugh. Somebody's got to laugh at these bad jokes. It oh, might as well be you. Very good. So thank you for your support these last two years. This was really just, again... Us putting our toe in the waters with a little 20-minute episode. <laughs> uh, 20 minutes. What were we thinking back then? You know? Our introduction is now 20 minutes. That's right. But thank you, and from I hope you stick of, with us. Yes, from the bottom of my heart, you guys have really helped. It really come through for us. We we love the interaction that goes on in the group now, uh, and it, it's just, it makes us feel good to that we're, we're, we're reaching. We're touching a nerve, not necessarily in a bad way with you guys. Not a bad touch. No, not a bad touch. But we're... We're connecting with you on a level, and you know, you're sharing these memories and these feelings with us. Correct. Very, very, very correct. And, you know, we uh, we try to be like a supplement to the, the Fine Zilch podcast and Indeed. their organization. We try to mine subjects and cover things they don't because we want to offer a different type of content. Sure. And that's really it. And all I can say is thank you, thank you, thank you. And now a special treat. Speaking of the uh, fabulous new Monkeys Christmas Party CD, here is an interview with a fabulous local performer who, as you're going to hear, has a tie-in with said Christmas CD. And oh, what a tie-in it is. And now here's our exclusive interview with performer. We're welcoming to the podcast our very special guest, somebody local to our, our podcast. You know, we're located in Charlotte, North Carolina, or near Charlotte. This is a local gal who is amazingly creative. She has done amazing things in the world of cosplay. Uh, Speaking of cosplay, she's a costume designer. She's helped me with some of my costumes. She's a performer. She's a singer, an instrumentalist, an actor. She's worked at the local Carolina Renaissance Fair for many years as a very popular character. She's just amazing. Here she is. We're going to talk to Lindsay Stewart. Well, hi, Al. How are you? I'm good. Did I miss anything? I think I've missed about a dozen things there. Lord, I, I feel like I'm one of those, you know, jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none. Well, join the club. I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lindsay has a connection, not just to the monkeys, but to the very thing we're talking about on this episode, the recent Monkeys Christmas Party CD. But before we reveal that connection, I want to ask Lindsay... How she feels about the monkeys. How did you discover them? So I'm one of those ones that you guys kind of roll your eyes at. I listen to the podcast. I'm a third-generation fan. Came on in the 80s. 
right. um, when when the Monkey TV show hit uh, MTV and, and Nick at Night and those things. Um, I was probably about five or six when I got introduced to them. And I had a really fun upbringing of parents who very much embraced um, sort of 50s, 60s, 70s culture and shared that with me. Mm-hmm. So I had to have been probably the only kid my age who had crushes on Adam West, Paul McCartney, and Davy Jones. When everybody else was into yeah. Wham! and uh... Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that was, that was not for me right. um, at all. So I came onto the Monkees as a, as a really young kid, so they've been a part of my life for a really long time. Um, but again, you know, third generation. So I didn't know as a, as a kid that they weren't my peers, right? You know, they were introduced as this is, this is these guys. And I didn't know that it wasn't a contemporary thing. Right. Well, we get a lot of that, especially with people that discovered them in the eighties during that, uh, MTV revival. Oh, very much so. Very good. Well, what do you like about the monkeys? What attracted you then? What, what do you like about them now? Um, so my musical tastes have always sort of leaned, uh, sort of sixties in general. Um, there's something about those three and four and five part harmonies that you get in the rock pop and folk of the era. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a steel eye fan girl and a Beatles girl and a monkeys girl and, and, you know, beach boys pet sounds and those really lovely tight harmonies that you would have gotten back in barbershops, but now we're right. being layered with beautiful instrumentation. Um, so that's, that's sort of where my heart lies, and that's, that's where my performance lies, too. Excellent. Very good. Now, why don't we reveal why we're interviewing you right now? What is your connection to the recent Monkeys Christmas Party CD? So I, I sing and perform with a local burlesque troupe, and... We have, every year, a a holiday-themed show. And let me tell you, it is really difficult to find something that hasn't hit the stage before. Oh, yeah. To find a song that hasn't been done and overdone and overdone. Um, Like Santa Baby? (laughs) Yeah. I I have often joked that uh, when you perform in burlesque, there there are two songs that just, you can do them, but if you can avoid them, you'll get more booking. Uh, and the two songs are uh, Feeling Good and Santa Baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they're, those are two very commonly performed by lots of performers. So you're competing with other people who have that in their repertoire as well, mm-hmm. and it's hard for you to stand on your own merit. So I went hunting for holiday songs that maybe people hadn't heard yet. And being a Monkees fan, I've got the Christmas album, and I went, you know what? This has only been out since October, nobody's heard it yet, or if they have, nobody's done any transposing or transcribing for it. The lyrics are barely out on the internet. Oh, so yeah. let me let me do this and get a chance to do something fun and playful and very much in that 60s uh, chord progression that I love so much um, and quick to pick up on my ukulele. Excellent. Now you said some of the requirements were that the song had to be slightly risque or that was a, uh, something they were leaning to? Not necessarily. Um, everybody, who is, everybody who is a stage performer will have some sort of persona that they're working with. Um, and everybody's persona has different ways of handling things. So I have a persona that is sort of cheeky and playful. And um, I joke that, um, that my stage 
persona is sort of that last-minute left turn at Albuquerque. Right. Bugs Bunny should have taken. <laughs> right. Uh, sorry. Or Harley Quinn. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Like, you, you just sort of need the... You need something that's a little unexpected. So cute and playful for me makes sense um, for for the character that I put up there on stage for burlesque. Now, did you ever see the Bruce, Tim, Paul Dini, Jingle Bell character? Remember that uh, character? Oh, my God. She it's was almost like yes. like Harley Quinn mixed with like Tinkerbell or, a, uh, or an elf. Yes. That's yes. what that makes me think of. Very good. Now, did you ever give any consideration to doing the song um in any different way without the ukulele or in other some other presentation um yeah i i think about that each time i i go to figure out what i want to do for a show i think the thing that makes it most interesting so many of the performers you see in burlesque and and vaudeville had some sort of backing band or have backing tracks that they just sing along live with Mm -hmm. and um I'm a little bit of an oddity here in the Southeast for playing and singing at the same time. Right. Um, and, and the ukulele is distinct. So uh, I know your, your listeners won't be able to see it and I know y'all can't see it, but uh, my ukulele is lime green and covered in Swarovski rhinestone. Like it's really oh, yes. distinct. So anytime I can play my uke, I want to. I remember becoming aware of you and your, uh, ukulele we were doing an appearance i think at free comic book day at a local comic store oh yeah and i passed you dressed as adam west batman and you broke yeah. out the ukulele and went right into a version of the theme song yeah i was uh i was part of the scooby-doo gang that day right. and i was shaggy it was important to get to again you got that wonderful like 60s vibe you gotta you gotta play with the uh the uke when you can yes very much so well you know what I got to ask? Do you want to give us a few bars of your version of Unwrap You at Christmas right now? <laughs> I can do that. All right. I can do that. We wait patiently. Yeah, waiting patiently while I pick up my uke and make sure it's in Because it's been a cold day in the Charlotte area. And instruments never want to stay in tune. This is called Tuning. We're putting out an album of this soon. We tune because we care. (laughs) I can't wait to unwrap you at Christmas. You're the gift for me. I can't wait to unwrap you at Christmas under the Christmas tree. I can't wait to unwrap you at Christmas. I dream of nothing more. So, dear Santa, when you've read my letter, please drop him at my door. I've been waiting all year now, baby, for the snow and you to return. So, I'll hang the mistletoe and stand right here. Cross my fingers, hope I get my wish this year. Unwrap you at Christmas, you're the gift for me. I can't wait to unwrap you at Christmas under the Christmas tree. I can't wait to unwrap you at Christmas, I dream of nothing more. 
So dear Santa, when you've read my letter, please drop him at my door. excellent as usual that's going to <laughs> kill him that's going to wow him it. it's going to be amazing well, thank you. yes excellent job well before we let you go do you have any plugs do you have any uh, websites or anything you want to announce places people can see you or hear more of you um i have got a youtube channel uh under my burlesque stage name it's eb mix p-h-o-e-b-e N-Y-X. Right. Uh, so you can find me here on YouTube. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram there. You can also find me on my website. It's cbnixburlesque.wixsites.com slash home. And of course... You can find me on all the places. Of course, we do a uh, matching blog post with every episode, and we'll be sure to include your links on our blog post Absolutely. for this episode. Very good. Absolutely. I, I've just been I've just been so excited for this Christmas album and, and really enjoying getting to listen to it. Um, it it's kind of an on repeat in my car. Oh, that's great. What are your it's, favorites besides the obvious? Uh, yeah, um, I I'm really excited to get to hear um, Davy on Melakaliki Maka. Like I really like the instrumentation they put behind that existing vocal. Um, right. I thought it was really lovely. Um, but let me tell you, Mickey's Merry Christmas Baby, yes. that song needs to come with a warning. It's <laughs> so wonderfully bluesy yep. and growly and raspy, and it's nice to hear Mickey pull that out yep. because it's not something he's typically done, but it's absolutely where his roots live. You can hear some of those like Otis Redding-style influences and you know that, that wonderful growl that you get. Oh, yeah. Just, just absolutely perfect. But I'm enjoying all of it. Um, and then, of course, as a, as a Beatles fan and a McCartney fan, it's nice to hear Mickey take on Wonderful Christmas Time. Absolutely. Very much so. Well, thank you for your time. Of and course. it was great having you. Hopefully that's a nice little treat we can supply our listeners. A nice little Christmas present. Aw. And, uh... Well, thanks for having me, guys. I really do appreciate it. Excellent. We're happy to have you. And, uh, thanks much. Yes, of course. 
Boy, she is a really cool person. I, I, I remember meeting her at one of the one of the Heroes Con, uh, or the Heroes Aren't Hard to Find uh, free comic book thing. She's just as cool as she can be. In addition to doing those kind of events, she's also part of many of the charity groups like I am mm-hmm. that visit hospitals, special events, things like that. Yep. Now, and as they used to say now on Monty Python's Flying Circus, and now for something completely different because it is... The Return of... Contest time! That's right, we have more monkeys loot to give lucky listeners. Wanna get lucky with Lucky Linda? He's everywhere, he's everywhere! Oh, oh that's something else. What do we got this time, Johnny? Alright, you will get your choice of two. Whichever of the two monkeys you want, we have the Rhino action figures, the 12-inch ones, in the blue eight-button eight shirts. Eight-inch? Eight inch? Oh, they're eight-inch, okay. So you'll have you know us men, we always overestimate. Okay. Compensation issues? <laughs> Alright, so you'll have your choice. You could have your choice of Mike, Mickey, Davey, or Peter. Who? Yes, those two guys. Uh, Marty, Dino, Larry, and uh, Jerry. SJ. Okay. So you have your choice of those two, two of two of those uh, action figures in the exclusive blue shirts. In the packaging, still. Right. I haven't even touched it. You're right. Your very own "Hear No Evil" Monkeys tribute CD album cover sticker. Remember, this is from 25 years ago. Yep, absolutely. Where else are you going to get one? Uh, only from us, unless you know Jim Johnson. And this next item, thank you, Eric Ozman. Uh, Oz Monkey Man. Oz Monkey Man. We have a copy of the Celebrating the 50th Anniversary Booklet of the Monkeys Australian Tour in 1968, Monkey Mania in Australia by Durham Groves. Now, this was printed for an exhibition in the land down under just recently, and to say they're hard to get a hold of is an understatement. Is an understatement. They're hard to get a hold of. He wasn't that hard. He did say it. He did say it. So, but you'll have that as well. Thanks again. Thanks again to... Eric Oz Monkey Man. He was very kind enough to send this... Now we can forward it to you. And this is really, really cool. Oh, you don't have to say that. Oh, oh, you're not talking about me. I'm talking about the prize. This is a, what do you figure, 12 by 18? I'd say so. It's pretty big. 12 by 18 poster. But we overestimate. Of the Davy Jones Memorial, an evening of music and memories, hosted by Cousin Brucie of Sirius XM 60s at 6. I was there. Featuring the Davy Jones Band Press, Past and Present, and very many special guests, including two guys named Thorkelson and DeLintz. I, I don't know who they are. There's some new guys, I guess. Some guy, some guy with a fedora hat with me and some guy with a, with a beard playing a banjo. So talk about exclusive stuff. Of course, you can see all this on our Facebook page, on the mm-hmm. blog post. But wait, it's all great stuff, but how does one win this? Okay, I'm glad you asked because I have got, uh, I racked my brain for a couple of minutes and I came up with something really good. Steam came out, smoke. That's everything. right. I was grinding gears, boy. All right, so recently there was a, um, a post on Jody's page and Zilch, uh, Ken guys chimed in on it. And Ken actually gave me the idea for this. So we talked about, again, the song Moving In With Rico. And Ken's response was, what if Rico had been recorded by Gloria Estefan in the Miami Sound Machine at the height of her popularity? Would it have been a hit? So here's what you got to do. You got to go to the group page. Tell us one monkey song that may not be as popular with the nation as others may be. Take that song. Tell us who you would think would have made a hit out of it and why. 
So let me let me see if I have this straight. Let me play for a moment. I'm going to take Auntie Griselda mm-hmm. and say maybe it would have been a hit done by R.E.M. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that puts in your head how they would have done it. Yeah. And why would it have been a hit? Why would okay? Or what? Now, what would what would they? What could they do different to make it a hit? Oh, now I see. Very good. Now, you see, to the example yes. I used, I followed up, and you you made a very valid point. Was I thought? It, what if somebody like Robert Palmer had done "Getting In," or maybe "Midnight"? I said I don't hear it being different, but then again, I started picturing the video: mm-hmm. twenty half naked female dancers <laughs> with guitars gyrating. <sighs> I think I'd like that. Yeah, uh, I, I know. I know. Because I remember, would. like every video he did had mm-hmm. exact same yeah. setup. Addicted to love. Yeah, all those. Yeah. Simply irresistible. Mm-hmm. That's okay, it. so how do we pick the winner? The most interesting. The most interesting. Uh, In a hundred words or less. Yeah, really. Please don't take up an entire. I'm just making fun of those old contests back in our day. Tell us in a hundred words or less how Alpo is the greatest dog food ever. That's right. And you said you couldn't do radio, but that's uh, sh- oh, three twenty nine at the big jet set station. Uh, Alan, be quiet. You're, 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 you're. You better not channel things. that guy again. Yeah, no, you're remember teasing. one per episode. Remember, you're, you're teasing things too much, Alan. You stop oh. it. All right, but yep, yeah, the most creative and the most unique answer will win the bounty. What about the uh, the Viva paper towels? Those are good too. Uh, Scott towels. Yeah, those are good. No, why discriminate? Uh, and we'll throw in a we'll throw in a a roll of Charmin just as long as you don't okay. squeeze it. And it comes back to the monkeys, Hal. <laughs> Charmin, Mr. Whipple, Mr. Whipple, in the, the episode, the, well, one of the cut scenes, one of the cut episode, scenes, so. real headache music. <laughs> in detail. So you know the rules. Go to it, fans. Mm-hmm. It's time now, once again, on the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion, where we dial up the beautiful city of brotherly love and talk to the young lady who has given a whole new meaning to the term multitasking. The third member of our podcast party, Jody Ritson. Hi, Jody. How's it going up there? Well, hello there. How are you today? It is wonderful. It's a great Friday. The secret project is creeping along slowly, but, oh, shh, I'm not supposed to say anything about that yet. Uh-huh. Well, I, I'm i very bad with secrets, so it's a good thing that I only know part of it. <laughs> <laughs> you have a busy couple of weeks coming up, don't you? Oh, my gosh, I do have a, a, a couple of weeks that are uh, doing very well. You know, first of all, with the holidays, we have all this new merchandise at uh, Video Ranch. We just unveiled about 20 new items, which we've been extremely excited for. Um, most of them were things that fans had actually uh, engaged us and told us they wanted. Um, something uh, specific that I have been trying to get are the lyrics. And the lyrics to Circle Sky, more specifically, uh, have been selling like crazy. Nez hand wrote the Circle Sky lyrics. And they're on this beautiful paper, and it's 11 by 14, and he autographs and dates them. And it's it, it framed looks absolutely beautiful. I had gotten one from a guy named Ed Kowalczyk, who is the lead singer of Live. Mm-hmm. And he did a song called Lightning Strikes, uh, or Lightning Crashes, I'm sorry. And uh, I've had them here on my wall in this beautiful frame, and I've gotten more compliments on it than anything. And when we were talking about holidays, I had asked Nez several times, you know, about doing this. And then we came up with Raise, um, which is more of a song that a Nez head would know. And then I wanted Circle Sky because I thought that that was something monkeys and Nez heads would agree upon. Um, 
you know, the, they would agree that those are, um, they go to cross, they cross both uh, genres of what Nez has done. Absolutely. So, I, I'm so excited with the reaction of the fans, um, the sweatshirts, I mean, everything. It's just, that's been amazing. The one that jumped out at me was the drum heads. Those are really cool. Oh, my God, the F&B drum head, right? And then to get a lyric on there, um, the problem is, what one do you get? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, and then going into this new tour, the, it's a six-city um, special tour Nez is doing with Pete uh, Finnery. Um, they're doing the, um, the, uh, just the two man band and, um, with meet and greets. And that's just been a whirlwind of excitement. Um, we're so just happy that Nez is so excited and he's feeling great and he's making wonderful decisions that are more fan friendly and fan based. And to get him back on the road is just wonderful. And then they just added all those new dates to the Monkees tour. So I don't even know which end is up. I mean, you know, we have all of that. And then we've got, you know, I've got the meet and greets. I've got Mickey singing. It's just wonderful. I mean, to know that we have these opportunities with them and that they're not stopping anytime soon you know, is is something for a fan that makes me so happy to see that they're still um, going out there on the road, you know? Well, Pittsburgh should be rocking very hard next weekend. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you what. I just had the best call. The disc jockey or the DJ, karaoke DJ, whatever you want to call him, this guy, Ed, um, called me yesterday, and he was all excited about um, the karaoke and he and he's very professional on the phone and telling me about his situation when he has the microphones all the things that I need to find out so I can do my job mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he goes but can I tell you something and he went into like childlike mode similar to what I do mm-hmm. and he says Jody, I am the biggest Monkees fan. I went to 19 Monkees concerts, and this guy was exactly why I love doing this, because it was a dream come true for him to be able to have the opportunity to work with Mickey. So Pittsburgh's going to be crazy. We already have about 50 people coming to that party. Um, They have me wearing this ridiculous outfit, and everybody's getting dressed up in their holiday clothes, and... It's at a place called Tellerico's, which is in Monroeville. It's only about 0.5 miles uh, from the hotel that we're all staying at at the Doubletree. And it's just going to be so much fun. I'm bringing all kinds of cool merchandise with. I'm bringing the new Christmas CD with. We're going to have such an amazing time. I'm so excited. Plus, we get to raise money for Make-A-Wish. Nikki's going to be at Still City Comic Con all weekend. So I have so many things to talk to him about. And then we have in December 28th in Secaucus, we're going back to Charlie's Corner. We're doing karaoke there. We were at Charlie's Corner last April, I think, and they wanted us back. They had every song under the sun at Charlie's Corner, and we are doing our New Year's Eve Eve party. And the reason that we're doing that, Eve Eve, is because it's on December 28th. So I want to spend New Year's with all my friends and with Mickey, but of course that doesn't always work out. So we're celebrating a few days early, welcoming in 2019, a couple days beforehand, and we are going to party like it's 2019 
and we're so excited about being able to do that. Um, and again, we just raise money. You know, we raise money. We have a good time. People get to sing. They get to dance, and they get to meet Mickey, which that to me is my goal. It's just my goal to continue the fun and the love and meet new people. And, and every time we go out, we meet new people and just continue to have a good party. Absolutely. Oh, now let me just put this one bug in your ear. Remember, this is just between you and me. Okay. Now, you can remind Mickey that my birthday is New Year's Eve. So if he happens to want to sneak in a happy birthday song in during that night, he's more than welcome to. This is um, definitely on my to-do list, I promise you. And I'm very excited to say that I have a note, and I'm going to let them know Bless that you. we need to do a big birthday party for you. Uh, and this is why I love you. I know, and yeah. I love you. Then we sold out of our Malibu trip, but what I did add on the website, www.monkeymeetandgreets.com, I did um, open up... The, on that Saturday, we're going to, I think it's February 16th, we're going to um, meet Mickey at the Walk of Fame, mm -hmm. and then Mickey and take pictures on the star with the monkeys, and then after, Mickey's going to take us to eat at the Rainbow Room, wow. and we're going to take pictures with him in front of that famous um, vampire sign, you know, with the Hollywood vampires, mm -hmm. yep. the Air of the Hollywood vampires. Um, we're going to take pictures. We're going to eat. We're going to drink. We're going to tell stories. I added that on the website because I can't put anybody else in the rooms um, in the house that we got, but we can um, have an unlimited amount of people at the star and at the restaurant. And then also, Alan, I have the new monkeys. They are the nicest guys ever. I have them coming to the house also. That's and they're going to entertain us. And it's the four of them. It's four of them. It's Larry, Dino, Marty, and Jared. And, you know, though the show wasn't something that I ever was able to get into and there was a lot of controversy and stuff, what I discovered was – uh, the names of the people, the players, the situations were all our monkey related. And um, there's been such this new love for them. They've been open to some of the ideas that I've given them. So they're going to start trusting me a little bit. And they're going to uh, come to the house. They're going to entertain us. They're going to hang out. They're going to tell stories. And what a nice bunch of talented guys. Their songs were just incredible. I agree. And so excited about that project i have the um, feeling i have the feeling though mickey's never going to want to barbecue again after that weekend <laughs> i'll tell you what mickey i sometimes i think that mickey doesn't like answering the phone when i call and then i say to him are you sorry you picked up the phone and he goes he goes i love it i love it i love it and then you know i'm i'm very close with mickey and his family so you know this has become more of a family than it is um fandom or anything else you know it's it's just what can we do next what experience can we do next how can we how can we raise money next and the fact that he's so trusting of me at this point and embraces what I do it really makes it all worth it you know it's it's I'm, I'm in a very lucky position same thing with Nez you know mm -hmm. um instead of saying no I hear the word yes and and I love every bit of it. And I'm so excited for these upcoming projects. And um, I started a new page for the official, a new page um, for the 
a, a monkey new monkeys page mm-hmm. uh, for the official new monkeys page. Um, so that all of a sudden already has like almost a thousand people who have liked it in three days. So there's definitely interest there. Music was great, and I'm just beyond excited for the support that I am getting from my friends. And um, and I really just, I, I love it, and I love all of you, and I'm just appreciative of the new year and the new opportunities. It's amazing to me, and the fact that you have been able to knock down walls with, uh, specifically Nez, that your personality making him actually uh, pulling him out of the eye of the hurricane as he likes to say and make him aware of and make him see and feel what the the true feelings of of monkeys fans are toward him well not just monkeys fans but nez fans as well and it's it's very pleasing to to me to see both of them mickey and mike embracing this um, embracing the love and welcoming it and enjoying it as they should at this point i I'm just grateful that they trust me. I'm mm-hmm. grateful. I'm grateful that the fans have trusted me, and I'm just very appreciative of these opportunities. I love being able to go on the road, and I love being able to see the smiles, and it's just so much fun. And I just, I'm just appreciative that we go into this next year with all these great things. Um, and I'm excited, and, and I'm excited for the projects that we have coming up. And there is one project in particular that I know you don't have details on. It's the one. I, it's truly the one I'm saving up for because uh, this is going to be the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Well, it, we know Mickey does a lot of karaoke, but the other one that's coming up, hopefully next Just year. Is. Yep, that's the one I'm saving for. I'll tell you what. I am just waiting on a date. Mm-hmm. Everything's been figured out, just waiting on a date. So as soon as I get that, you get that. And just the fact that I got a yes, mm-hmm. you know, yes is so much better than no. <laughs> and, and the thing of it is, I think I'll shock him with what I want to sing. Uh, I thought about it, and everybody's going to want to sing Grand Ole Miss, but I decided on Marie's theme. Ooh. Because you know what? That was one of my favorite songs that he did during the F&B tour. Mm-hmm. Yep, because it's just – now – yeah, the other one will probably be Tomorrow and Me, but Tomorrow and Me only has two verses, so it's like, you know, I kind of want to stretch it out a little bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, sing it twice. There you go. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see how Nez and Pete do on the uh, on the um, uh, hits. Just keep on coming, little mini tour. So. I'm well, excited. I just I just bought tickets. Um, I'm taking. Uh, well, I'm very good friends with Marty Ross and Dino mm-hmm. Kokas. Yep. Um, we're friends, and so I was going to be out in California anyway. So um, we're going to the Troubadour. I've never been to the Troubadour, and they were like, well, let's all go together. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're friends in real life. The four new monkeys oh, yeah. are all friends. I mean, for 31 years, they've been close. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, this has nothing to do with them trying to they, – they're huge monkey fans. Oh, yeah. Um, so that, to me, is just amazing. And so I was like, you guys want to come with me? You know, I would love to I would love to be with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're just wonderful people. And so I'm excited that I get to hang out with my, my two gentlemen mm-hmm. um, in California and go to the Troubadour for the first time. Absolutely. And the fact that they're playing the Troubadour and the Coach House again is really pretty cool. 
Uh, so, yeah. So, you know, that just means that those shows went really well. But, yeah, the troops going to be just electric that night. So, all right, plug your l- lovable website one more time. www.monkeymeetsandgreets.com. And if you ever want to follow me, you can follow me on Facebook. at either. I have two Facebooks. The reason I have two is because I ran out of spots for friends mm-hmm. so um i have either jody lynn ritson or jody blau ritson either one of them gets you right to me and i'm very appreciative of everybody who supports the efforts and understands that this is more of a love than it is any kind of a job you know mm-hmm. absolutely now the only thing that we have to do for 20, 2019 is we have to get you a pair of jimmy Choo nez shoes to go with those new rainbow pajamas you got from australia can you believe it? Are they amazing? <laughs> do they rock? I thought yes, I, they do. my husband has to go to bed with sunglasses on. <laughs> I know, and I got and somebody sent me Uggs, the sparkly Uggs. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! I I you know I walk in a room and you can't not see me if you wanted to. <laughs> You're it's lucky. amazing. Absolutely. Well, Jody, have a great rest of the day. I know that we'll hopefully talk to you again before thanks or before Christmas. If not, Merry Christmas to Josh and uh, Dylan. You guys, uh, we we you have been such a help to us. You realize it's been now just about a year since you started with us. Has it really? Yep, it popped up on my memory thing the other day when you talked about um, uh, listening to the Pulit and the Justice episode, uh, Just Us episodes. <laughs> oh my gosh! So yeah, that makes me so happy. I can't even begin to tell you. It makes me so happy to know that I um, am part of a bigger. A bigger thing than than even I thought I was ever going to do. Well, um, I know that you I know that you've got a ton of irons in the fire, but I promise you, this project that you and I have discussed that hopefully will come down the pike uh, is going to be is going to make it even bigger and better. I'm so excited, and I'm so excited for the fans. It's really for the fans, you true. know. True. Very true. I love it. Well, anything that you need from me, anybody can reach out to me. They can email me. I answer every single email out there. Um, I, I try to be helpful. I try to guide people in the right direction. But for now, I guess, Alan, I'm going to see you on the road. All right, Judy. Take care. Be safe up there. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. Well, pal of mine, looks like we've come to the end of another fascinating episode of the Texas Parade Chicken Home Companion Monkeys podcast. Wouldn't you agree? It's only three hours later. Only three hours later. <laughs> I had to because my mouth is going dry. My back is locking up. It's like I can't sit in this chair for very long. So, But I digress. Should we mention I do every episode? Not no, just No, sus- please don't. Okay. All right. <laughs> we, no. We'll get our uh, license will, revoked. No, no. Mr. Howe will call me. <laughs> that's true. That's true. The restraints and the shackles and the... Uh, but, um, you know, congratulations, now, congratulations on two... Wait, yep. Yeah, hello. Congratulations on two years, thank you. my friend. Thank you. And here's to at least two or more. If we can do it. If our, sure we uh, can. If our imaginations and our fan base hold out. Of course we will. No, it's been fun. And like I said, write to us, folks. Tell us what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear. Uh, but, just don't uh, just use any get, four-letter words. That's right. Uh, but I will tell you, I'm sorry. The shtick will go on because that's who we mm, are. That is true. That's how we roll. That's right. folks. Well, thanks for joining us. I hope you'll stick with us. And I guess now it's time to uh, give the thank yous. Mm-hmm. First of all, the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys podcast is a podcast for fans, by fans. It has no connection with Michael Nesmith or Video Ranch 3D, the estate of the late David Jones, Peter Tork, Mickey Dolan's Dolan's and Daughters Furniture, Rhino Records, Andrew Sandoval, 
anything that has anything connected with the monkeys officially. Mr. Schneider, he gave us some flack, but you know. Yeah, but the do? thing of it is, all he does, he, he's all talk, no action. That's true, we found that out. <laughs> he's a bit stiff sometimes, but other than that. All copyrights are, are to the respective owners. They're originally, yeah, to the current, uh, current copyright owners. We make no claim. Nope. We just claimed to, we just claimed to have fun with it. That's right. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to uh, Ken Mills of Zilch. And the Zilch Group. Thank you to Jody Ritson. Thank you to Fred Velez. Thank you to Fred Keogh. Thank you to David Lovin. Thank What's you that to, name again? Yeah, no. I'm not, I'm getting, not, I'm not no, going no, to. No, 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 thank no. you to Greg Sider, to uh, the Queen of Corn in Iowa, Jamie Telgren. Don't smell like corn, so. Queen Frotus. Uh, Boy, is she? Uh, Christine uh, Applegate? No, no, no. no, no. Uh, Christine... I'm going to lose the last name, but, you know. All the people that who consistently interact with us in the group, with the exception of William Blick, who is done. But that's another story for another mm-hmm. time. We don't have enough time to do it. But thank you, guys. We appreciate the support. We hope you will continue to support us. And um, I hope that by January... Before January or before early December, I will have a very big and special announcement to make. Something that I is going to be a labor of love. I think that everybody will be uh, surprised and excited about because it not only concerns the originals, it will concern the news as well. Very good. Well, keep listening to see how that pans out. That's right, if uh, it pans out. But we'll see. Once again, this is Alan, Frankie, Catalina, Williams. And this is Al, Philo, Bigley. Reminding you to save the the Texas Texas Prairie Chicken. Chicken. And by the way, happy holidays. To you and yours from us and us. Us is in we. We and them. We, them? That's right. Us? That's us. Oh. No Christmas Day you will be standing here. I can't wait to unwrap you at Christmas This is Alan Frankie Catalina Williams. And this is Al Fido Bigley. No, not Fido, Philo. <laughs> Wait, all right.